This is episode 110 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. This is episode 110 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast, which means next episode is going to be 111. I am your host, uh, Dan, the almighty Skull Crusher, and joined today by my usual co-host, Mike Spriggs and Klaus, who is my dear brother. Klaus, how are you doing? I'm doing very well because I've never broken a chain on a bike. And Mike, how are you doing? Worse than Klaus, because I broke a chain on my bike today. That's interesting. That is very interesting. And then you went back and picked up the the, the, the chain? Yeah, and threw it in the trash can. And threw it in the trash can. What? But, Mike, why didn't you salvage it? Because then you could, you, know, you could fix it. You know, with a chain I didn't break. want to touch it. First of all, it was covered in grime. I didn't want to really touch it. Oh, you don't take care of your... Uh, Change. I don't. I don't take care of my bikes, and then and then I was sort of embarrassed. I mean, it was a busy street corner in New York City, so I just threw it in the garbage. Like 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 fifteen people minimum saw what happened. But uh, Mike, um, there's so many questions. So you were fully kitted out. You were all out superhero outfit, mm-hmm. and then you bent over in front of all the people in the street to like pick yep. up the chain. Wow, that's embarrassing. I kept it. I kept it. Four feet from my Rafa kit at all times. Of course. That's a good thing to hear. But then you threw it away, which is really a waste because knowing that you're a Campagnolo guy, your chain was probably really nice and expensive. And you threw it away when you could have saved it and made some awesome jewelry out of it. <laughs> I didn't, I'll go back and get it. I know exactly where it is. All I'm saying is when you use a micro shift chain, this doesn't happen. I don't know what that is. I don't think Microsoft makes chains, though. It's funnier if you think they do. Okay, no, but they don't. But anyway. All right, so um, did I say the date? No, uh, June 4th, 2015. And a lot has gone on since the last time we, we recorded. We were supposed to record at some point during the Giro, but we couldn't, well, actually, you guys probably could have, but I just, there was no way because of work. Um, I was shooting, I had a photo Guns. shoot. No, I was I was a photo shoot for uh, basketball. Guns. No, basketball stuff. It was awesome. So, I was uh, shooting um, high school basketball stud- uh, athletes and stuff or whatever, players and um, the, all the girls in the team were like chatting away and I was like nearby and they were talking about a, a teacher apparently in a school nearby or whatever that was uh, dating a student and they were like, ah, whatever. And then some girls, they were there weren't from that school. So they were like, so they were like, oh, so is he like a good looking teacher? And they were like, yeah, kind of. But he's so old. Ew. It's like, oh, really? How old is he? And one of the girls goes, I read he's 35. <laughs> they were all so grossed out by somebody who's 35 years old. I was like, oh, boy. So, I'm yeah. grossed out by that, frankly. 
Well, yeah, I'm grossed out by a 35 year old teacher dating like a 17 year old junior. Isn't that illegal? Yes, it's very illegal. Did you end up in HR again just by hearing this? No, I didn't. Because I didn't tell anybody I heard it or anything. You know, I've always wondered if you could take the bar and pass it without having gone to law school. And I think I just got my answer. I think Mike could pass the bar. Yeah. You mentioned this and Mike goes, wait, I think that's illegal. Boom. <laughs> I'm now a lawyer in New York State. Actually, yeah, that's a little known fact. In the state of New York, all you have to do is answer one legal question and you're automatically a lawyer. Yeah. You know, um, when you, to practice as an architect, you also have to, you know, have a test. And Philip Johnson, the famous architect, he started architecture so late in life and he was like an old man by the time he got his degree, that when he had to pass his test, there was already questions, or when he took his test, there was already questions about him in the test because he had been practicing without a license. Oh, boy. I think everybody that does anything should have to have a license in order to do it. Everybody that does anything for a living, any profession should be. Not because we're not doing this for a living. True. Or I'm not. But, like... People should all, all all of us be required to have some sort of license to go through some sort of test or I don't know. I think Even data entry or when I was doing telemarketing, I was a dishwasher too. Absolutely. I mean, obviously the test to become a professional dishwasher would be fairly simple. Here, wash this dish. Wow, you're certified. I think the questions, the question and the test should always be the same thing. Like you have the scenario of the 34-year-old and then the person has to say, I think that's illegal. (laughs) They say that is illegal, then they pass the test. They're like, good luck. Now you can be a landscaper. So Mike can be a landscaper now. Congratulations, I've Mike. I've done You've that. I've already it. done that. I was an unlicensed landscaper for oh. one summer. <laughs> you were? How yeah. was that? I've I've never done that, Horrible. but I've heard it's tough work. Well, the yeah, the work is tough, but what's worse is getting up so early in the morning when you're a teenager. Oh, really? My parents got a big kick out of that because I had to get up at like 6 o'clock in the morning. You were up before them. <laughs> They're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, no, never. But the work, you know, it's, it's, it's legit. It's honest day's work. You're like moving rocks. I don't know. We were building like stone walls. Good. Wow. Yep. Wow. All right, cycling. So like I said, the Giro uh, went on and the Tour of California went on. I only watched one of the Tour of California stages, so I can't really. Which one? Baldy. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Where everybody's like, oh my god, this is nuts, this is so crazy. And I remember thinking, that's oh, a good stage, but it's not crazy. Well, I think right. the backstory behind it and the fact that, like, Peter Sagan was able to hold on for a tour of California, it was really, it was pretty good. Um, you know what I mean? No, you know what was really good is this Philippe dude. Jesus. Dude's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. Ridiculous, insane! It's like the tour of Alaphilippe, the the year of Alaphilippe. He was drooling like a madman. <laughs> like it was rough. Really? Yeah, it was like Elmer's glue in a blender coming out of his mouth. It was foamy. See, that's disgusting. 
Yeah, he needs a license for that now. <laughs> In California, they have very tight standards over there. Um, hey guys, before do you want to talk California and then Giro or Giro and then California? I do have a, a little game for you guys, but we oh. we can do it in any which way that you guys want to do it, whichever order you want to do this in. I think I think we just pretty much covered the tour of California. Oh really? That was it. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I don't I like know. To, you know, I like to make fun of the tour of California. I don't even know why I do it anymore. <laughs> You're like the bully in school that just can't help. Yeah, himself. I can't. Yeah. Well, Klaus, why don't you uh, make fun of the tour of California too? Yeah, why don't you do that for us? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I guess I did without meaning to by saying for a tour of California, like that was exciting, and the fact that it went down to the wire, it's just uh, that's kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is weird to hear like Jens Voigt on there and Christian Van Der I already. Said oh, you watched it on like American TV. Through the Appity app. Thing oh, what's he going to watch it on? Colombian TV? No, British TV. Or, yeah, oh. Colombian. Why not? I don't know. No, no, it was the tour tracky, tracky, trackies. Oh, the tour um, track. Oh, yeah, I can't do that anymore. I cannot do that. Oh, it's God. It's pretty just, cool because it works well. But No, I'm sure, but I'm just, it's just Phil and Paul. Just it, It's like nails well, on a chalkboard. That's what I was... And forgive me if I said this before, but it's like Phil and Paul, and they're talking to Jens and Christian Vandevelde, and you're just like, "What year is it?" Yeah, like, yeah, I, I can't. No, that's it's just bad. Yeah, so that, but you know, that aside, I guess for what it is, that was a fine race. I'm sure if you're there in person and people in California seeing it, it must be exciting. Because I thought Colorado was a big pile of turds, and when I was there in person, I was like, "Yeah, hey, this is pretty cool." Like. That's like a real team riding a bike. Uh, I don't know if they're going real fast or trying real hard, but there, there they are. Hmm. Mike, what do you, what, what do you what do you think? Am I am I nuts? No, like no, that's what you're saying. That's it. That's really all you're gonna say about Tour of California. You guys actually watched it. <laughs> I no, I didn't. Watch, I didn't. I watched one. <laughs> I watched the Baldy stage. That was the only one I watched. I think Mike's take. On the tour of California is about how the rest of the world in the United States at large feels, which is like, oh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> hey, nobody else really cares. Yeah, he's like, oh. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't. I think it's just going to take time. It's just going to take time to get to get it going. But it's been time. I, I just, how long has it been? I don't know. Fifteen years. No. What? Ten? I don't know. And then the organizers. The whole thing is just so cheesy. I know you can give me a thousand other examples of races that do this, but the fact that the the the, the leaders' jerseys yellow and just like the Tour de France, they just it's so contrived well, and just. Uh, I would say this. It's like if you go to Vegas and you go see a drag queen do her a Joan Rivers act. You didn't see Joan Rivers. I, by the way, no. I could have just said like a Black Sabbath tribute band, but in honor of Joan Rivers passing. It's stage race in drag. She died like six months ago, dude. I know. God rest her soul. And poor <laughs> Melissa Rivers is having to pick up the pieces. But the, th the thing, so that's what it feels like to me. Like, I, we've probably talked about this probably every year. I, I know people are excited, but... It, I think people are like, this is what I've seen people do on TV, so I'm going to run or I'm going right. to do this. And I think 
the race feels like there's this constant, you know, the helicopter guy is the guy from the Tour de France. Like, you constantly have to be reminded as a point of reference, and that's understandable because it's new. It's a, it's the at the risk point. of sounding anti-American, it's a kind of a very American thing. There's a reason why the White House looks like a pseudo kind of European building because they're like, hey, this is supposed to be important. Like an important guy lives here. Look, as a point of reference, we'll make it. We'll it'll have columns. Like, you know like I mean? some Greek temple or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm overthinking it. I'm sure, but next year I'm gonna get on board. I'm really gonna try. Are you really? Yeah, I'm gonna oh, try. I'm gonna genuinely try to love to love it. <laughs> I'm gonna try to love it. <laughs> you love it at Levitz. All right. So now that we talked about the tour of California, well, here's the last one last okay. thing about this because maybe we're not being fair. But if there's anyone out there listening who does love it. Well, write it in to let us know why you love it. They probably live in California and get to see it live, and they think it's the awesomest thing to that dress up legitimate. like Mickey Mouse and run if, around like an idiot. If the tour of New York came by my house, I would probably be into it, too. So that I'm, sounds like a legitimate... Yeah, probably. If, but the if, the, tour of, if the tour of New York had, like, European teams, and they were, like, oh, right God. by your neighborhood, you'd be like, hey, that's kind of interesting, even if it's in drag. I'd be like, watch that corner, you'll, you'll break your chain. <laughs> and then people would be going through a trash can like we free no chain. listen if there was a tour of new york right and then let's say it starts like up like around buffalo or something albany it goes down through the appalachians and stuff whatever and then he makes it all the way down to new york city and then the final yep. stage is a team tri it's a time trial at like central in park village down fifth like actually it would be good if it starts in the park and then it goes down sixth avenue all the way to the worst village or something and it yeah. ends up in the, in the it finishes at the rafa cycle club <laughs> in the meatpacking district or something no of course that would be good and i'm sure there would be a lot of like silly american shenanigans attached to it but it, it also doesn't help that it's sponsored by amgen that's just ridiculous mm -hmm. but then okay So do you really think there would be people like around Rochester, New York, coming out dressed like Mickey Mouse and like Donald Duck or whatever, like some stupid dude in like... Not as much, but... Do you know what I mean? That's, it's just so dumb. And like you know what the scariest part about this cyclists. is, though? Do you really know what the scariest part about this is? Watching the Giro, I noticed a lot of Italians doing that now. So American perception of what Europeans have do... Are, is now influencing Europe, what Europeans do do. It creates a cultural feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Feedback loop, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, uh, there's always the Skyscraper Harlem Cycling Classic. Oh, right. That's kind of... It's coming up, actually. I actually enjoyed that race. I enjoyed that day when I went over there. It's very crash. There's a lot of crashes. Well... Yeah. How about when uh, when Rock Racing sponsored it and the Jumbotron for Brooklyn? That'll go down in history as the greatest New York and City I cycling event. I still want to know if anyone knows where Michael Ball is. Nobody emailed, dude. Nobody right. emailed. What is he up to? Every time I walk by the Rock and Republic Gene Denim table at Coles, I ask myself the same question. I shed a little tear. Yes. Yes, I do as well. Well, whatever way. The hell, I, I think that it's the same thing with the tour down under. To me, they're just made up like they try to make, they try so hard. Meanwhile, the Tour of Colorado Challenge Pro Cycling of the Mountains in Colorado race, that just seems legit. I don't know why. It just does well, because they don't try And what so about hard. the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah? 
or even the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah. Just the fact that it's sponsored by Larry H. Miller, who I thought was like some famous dude from Utah that had done something, passed away, and they were naming the race in his honor. But no, it's some car dealership. <laughs> of course. So, what is more American than that? Nothing. Exactly. No, I listen, the Tour of Utah, I have no issue with. I don't By know, for way, some reason, the Tour of California just irks me like nobody's business. What is more American than EPO? Very Larry few things. H. Miller. Larry H. Miller. <laughs> By the way, did I ever tell you guys when I was at the Giro in bus transfers with Team Columbia, they were told that they would probably get to do the tour of Utah. And one guy said, hey, you live in the United States. Like, what's Utah like? And I said, well, it's good because it would be at altitude. So I was telling, I was like, I've never been to Utah, but this is what I can tell you about the race in the state. And then I mentioned Mormons. And by the way, I mean no disrespect to Mormons, but they were like, what's that? And I tried my best in a respectful manner to explain Mormons without getting into really, you know, out there stuff. But even by trying to avoid that, they were all like, you're making this up. I also don't mean to insult any Mormons, but basically you should have just been like, uh, there are a bunch of religious kooks. No, I mean, I just said, so the, the, the upstate New York and the this and the that and the promised land. I you mean, went I, to the history of Mormonism. I went... Basically, like if anyone has seen the Book of Mormon, the musical, oh, right. like all the introduction. You, all you should have listen. All you should have done is, oh, it's it's a, a, a Christian religion. That's it. And that's yeah, but see, they were like, but why are they all there? Like, how is it right. different? In some way, it prompted me to give them a little bit of information, and their minds were bent into a pretzel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Did they go? I, did they go do the race? No, they did Colorado only. Oh. They and were freaked Utah. out by the religious kooks. Yeah. And by the way, a few of them were super into it because they were like, dude, if I go to the US then I can go see my mom in Queens and go to Disneyland. Uh yeah, that's not <laughs> like a, like two or three guys mentioned that, like, go see my mom in Queens, take the kids to Where's Disney Disneyland. World Disney uh California, Disney World, Disney World in Orlando. Disney World. Yeah, Disneyland is the one in Anaheim. I can never get that straight. Get out, really? How do you remember? How do you remember? Because I've been to Disney World like 75,000 million <laughs> times, and I've been to Disney World to Disneyland zero times. Where is, Disney, where is Disneyland? Disneyland is in Anaheim. That's I mean, the one I just said. Yeah, Disneyland is in Anaheim. Never Disney World remember. is in color. It's in Orlando. Which one came first? Disney, Disneyland. Disneyland, of course. That's the one. That Here's the one Disney I have actually. trouble with. Euro Disney. I always think that's the one in Orlando. No. <laughs> what about Disney Tokyo or whatever it's called? Is that still happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing. I like that they put one in Paris where the weather is not super great year-round. And it Why doesn't is it seem outside? To be. Is it all outside? I don't know. They should probably put it indoors, like the Mall of America or whatever in Minnesota. With a roller coaster indoors. But yeah, Euro Disney, I always get confused about. No, you don't. Euro Disney, I, I don't... I, didn't it close? I don't know, probably. It closed. It probably should. Uh, or was it the one in Tokyo that closed? Uh, I, 
I'm trying to play something here and it's not working and it's really, really bugging me. Is it Jens Voigt saying the N-word? No. Okay, it's this one. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter if you know how to speak English or not. Let's see. Klaus, you're probably going to get this right away. But Mike, see if you, you can tell why I think that this clip is the funniest thing ever. It has to do... Well, I'm not even going to tell you what it has to do with. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Did, he say, Wolunga, did he say Wolunga Hill? Ah, uh, man, you... Hold on. I don't understand why this is not working properly and it's really, really... Is really Wolunga cool. Hill a, a ride at Disneyland? <laughs> Euro Disney. At Euro Disney. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I think... Fernández, el portador del dorsal número uno, un hombre que debutaba en el Tour Down Under, que hacía tercero en la etapa reina de Milunga y acababa... Do you hear that? Etapa de Milunga. He said he calls Milunga Hill Bilunga. I love that. En la etapa de Bilunga. Yeah, he does say Bilunga. He says Bilunga. B-I-L-U-N-G-A. Bilunga. Where's our air horn uh, sound drop? <laughs> I can't believe that we man, so far we haven't used the air horn once and also we haven't uh, mentioned knee herpes so at some point thank you at some point uh, during a meeting or something I must have thought about something for the podcast and I wrote knee sex and that's what I'm guessing. I don't know. But that's how you get knee hurt. Yeah, that's my, how you get it. Yeah, I think that I mentioned it in an episode or something. But anyway, uh, I was in a meeting recently, and this girl was sitting next to me, oh, and no. she oh, no. points at it and like, oh, no. like, makes a, like while somebody else oh, is no. talking, she points at her and she's like, "What is that?" And I was like. I have no idea. I don't That's know. me having to go to HR again. Yeah, and I was like, I don't even, I don't even know what it says. Can you read that? And she was like, I think it says knee sex. And I was like, No, it doesn't. Why would I write that? They're like, I'll, I, I know where the HR office oh, is now. I'll just, oh. I'll just head over there on my own. Bilunga, yeah. Ouch. Okay, Jiro or or game? Game. 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 All right. We'll leave the Jiro for last because there's plenty to talk about there. All right. So it is the second last name game in which I think Klaus will have a slight edge because basically, well, you know, you know, there's two last names for Latin American countries. So I grabbed a bunch of cyclists and I'm going to read their full name and then you have to guess what their second last name is. No way. I'll give you I'll give you an easy one to start with. All right? Easy one. Carlos Alberto Betancourt Bilunga. <laughs> uh, I've seen it before, but I know you have. You both have. Come Gomez. on. Carlos Alberto. Did, did you cheat? I didn't cheat. I did not cheat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's who's doing the horn? Not me. Klaus, you no. gotta get a lot closer to the mic. I can oh, barely hear it. All right. 
Nothing. I have an app, but I can't yeah. use the app because I'm using the iPhone to record. Mike, you're going to be the horn guy today. All right. Next one. All right. All right. Next one. Alberto Contador. I know this one. Do I have to ring a buzzer or something or just scream no, just it out? tell me. Uh, so Velasco. Velasco. Yes. No. Velasquez. Same. Yeah, you're right. Uh, another, Where did I get Velasco? Another easy one. It sounds mm, that racist? No. <laughs> HR. Oh. HR. All right. I, I like that Mike is so hyper aware that he's like, I'm a light skinned American. I should just preface everything of it by I say by saying this might be racist. <laughs> and you're or, exactly. or asking right after saying it, was that racist? Because the answer is usually yes. Uh, so, also, another thing that we got to discuss is the art contest, the Giro art contest, and the Fantasy League. So, we got to add those to the... Right. I think this may be a long, a long podcast. But anyway. Okay. Another one that I think is easy. Luis Leon Sanchez. No idea. Klaus? I... What was that? I don't know. Luis Leon Sanchez or Deuce. Luis Leon Sanchez Hill. What? Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. There's no way. I don't know. How do you spell that? Okay. Uh, Hill, J, I mean, G-I-L. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Okay. Don't say right. You didn't know that. Did you know that? Well, I would have said Gil, but yeah. All right. Gorka Isaguirre. Ordus. <laughs> Isn't that someone's second last name? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of people, God especially damn. in the Basque country. But no, come on, dude. Igor. I mean, Gorka Isaguirre in Chausti. What about Igor Anton? Maiden. <laughs> oh, that's a sad reference. If everybody knows I who know. Anton Maiden is, I'm sorry. May he rest in peace. If you know who we're talking about, uh, tell Emma to shut up. What about? I got it on mute. What about Jesus Serrada? Man, you guys suck. No I idea. don't. Hernandez. <laughs> Jesus Serrada Hernandez. No. <laughs> Dyer Uberne Quintana. No idea. Aguil Alexander. No, that's what Nairo's middle name. I think. <laughs> you don't know Nairo's second last name? Quintana Ordus. <laughs> <laughs> No, if I see it, I would recognize it, but yeah. off the top of my head, Quintana no. Quintana Rojas. Mm, what is it? Yeah, see? Quintana Rojas. Rojas. John Darwin Atapuma Hurtado. Robinson Eduardo Chalaput Gomez. Gomez. And Juan José Lobato del Valle was the last one I had. What is the chances that if Demi you just said Gomez for everything, it's like, it's like putting C on your SATs, you're still going to pass? That's right. They always tell you that, right? If you're going to guess, Gomez, guess I think C. with Gomez, you have like a one in four chance of... Awesome. But anyway, all right. So now let's talk Giro d'Italia. Mike, what's your second last name? Gomez. No. <laughs> no. Orduz. Orduz. No, for real. I don't have a second last name. Yes, you do. Everyone does. It's your mother's maiden name. Oh, Shay. Like Shay Stadium? Yes, Exactly. So your mom yes. is uh, your mom is the heiress of the Shea uh, Shea Stadium millions millions yeah As, along with everyone else in South Boston has the same exact last name. Oh really? It's a common. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very. 
Uh, interesting. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So, Joe Italia. I loved it. Really? I think. It, I mean, it was too. It, it was the. Can we say that it was the like the best stage race in recent memory? It was not as contested, so that made it less interesting. There were certainly really cool things about it, and I do have to say this: has there been a stronger team in a Grand Tour that did not win? Yes, no, there hasn't. Astana was so good. The insane bullies that were just toying with everyone, and Contador won a Grand Tour completely by himself. Yes, just like he did when he was at Astana. Where do you think he learned it? I know that's true. Actually, when he was at Astana, it was even more impressive because it wasn't that he didn't have help. Everyone was against him, almost. Including his Lance, including Lance Armstrong. Yeah. So no, that I thought, was, I mean, I agree with you. It was not contested. So it was clearly, you know, 10 days into the thing, it was decided, yeah. right? And it, yeah. But what made it interesting was how it got to that point. Like, it yeah. seemed like the Italians were doing everything in their power to make sure Fabio Aru won the race, and they still couldn't yeah. pull it off. Also, I don't – so at the tour, you know, so many people are watching, so it's so important that you get on TV that there's teams that are just doing stuff, like yeah. anything, just to get on camera, just try something, try to go for a stage, do something. At Change your last name to Gomez. Yeah, whatever it takes, Gomez or not. Gomez At the or Giro, there's just people that are like, yeah. Like, I would say the cutoff was I am cycling with Chavanel being on a couple of breakaways. And below that, it was just nothingness. Well, no, but it's interesting, though. You say that, but, I mean, Androni, who's a team that normally would be like, ah, whatever. They were on breaks. Bardiani were great. Pirazzi was great. F- Lamprey. Lamprey. Lamprey were amazing. Lots of TV time for Lamprey. Tons. They, got, they won, like, how many? Like, what, 27 stages? And meanwhile, Pizzato would tweet. He would tweet sitting by a pool. <laughs> did you see Did you see him in, in Proceso de la Tapa? Yeah. Wow. He was yeah. hilarious. Him and I mean, Luca Paulini were at the same time on Proceso yeah. de la Tapa. Look at, for example, so, like, FDJ were pretty quiet. Katusha... All they did was clearly work with Astana against Contador, and then Paulini tried to go for a stage, but they were very, very quiet. Um, I just don't think that there's the kind of impetus that there is at the tour to try something. Like, there was teams that just slept through the tour, I think. Well, I, to the Giro, you mean? Well, the Giro. I, yeah, Colombia did last year. I know that. I, CCC, Polsat, or whatever their new name is, at the beginning, they looked really active. And I was yeah. like, oh, see, there you go. That's what Colombia couldn't do last year. And then no. they just completely disappeared. They just didn't have the depth no, to, did not. to do that. And by the way, Team Colombia this year, I think we mentioned last time, they're just going for mountain classifications at every race. Good. I wish. So. At least it's something. Yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, okay. So let me say this about it being the best race ever. Number one, I think it was one of the best Grand Tours that I can that I can remember, and yes, you're right, the one thing that was missing, which would be a big thing, was somebody actually, like, somebody that actually had a chance to, to beat Contador, but the only yeah. other Grand Tour that I can think of recently that I thought, like, this is insane, was the 2010 Vuelta, which was just yeah. absolutely 
cuckoo bananas. But wait, is that the Ezequiel Mosquera, the one that was down to the last stage? Yep. Yeah, that that stage nearly made my heart come out of my chest. It was like they were going two miles an hour. And they were going for the entire race on the last stage. That was crazy. No, it was a in- completely, absolutely insane race. And if people don't remember, it was uh, Nibali, uh, Ezequiel Mosquera, uh, Peter Velitz, Joaquin Rodriguez. I can't remember. There was like probably five or six dudes that could have won that race. And it was like three days to go. And you still didn't know. And then the la- it was unbelievable. It was like tour California good. Yeah, and then it, uh, it it got all kinds of tainted of course because Ezequiel Mosquera tested positive and I think somebody else in the top 4 or 5. It was it was a bummer, but anyway, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, if that's going to taint it, I think <laughs> this Giro might be tainted down the line. I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. dude. I have no <laughs> idea what you're saying. <laughs> but Michelanda I mean, all of a sudden, it made me think, man, if Euskatel was still around, Mikel Landa would be, like, the heir to the Sammy Sanchez throne that never quite was. Mm. Yeah. Because that's where he was came from. Unbelievable, Mikel Landa. Unbelievable. There were so many good rides, so many good riders in this in this Giro. But before we even get there... Uh, so I, I always talk about Proceso La Tapa. It's really one of my favorite. Like people say like, oh, I love my Game of Thrones. I love whatever, Dexter or Gotham or whatever TV shows they watch. My favorite TV show is Proceso La Tapa. The only problem is that it only runs for three weeks, <laughs> like during the spring and that's it. Because I absolutely love that show and everything that happens in it and it's all super cookie. But my favorite thing, this Giro that they did, was they had like a man on the street where they went around during the first stage. They showed this. They went around to the people watching the stage and they asked them who think who they think that is going to win the Giro. And it is the funniest thing ever because most people don't even know. They're like, I don't know. And some little chubby kid goes, I think Quintana. <laughs> and then some old lady goes, I don't know anybody who's in the race, but I want an Italian to win. It is just <laughs> like... And then some guy said, Alberto Montador. <laughs> and that so, was the closest that anybody came to an actual answer that would made any kind of sense. So Fabio Aru's face looks just like Borg. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And he races for Astana. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think he's about He's Italian. That. Also, his face has the ability to contort into just the most hilarious expressions. That's brutal. You know, love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he looks really, really ugly. But, but oh, I was gonna say too that, um, well, about Darwin Atapuma and how sad it is that he gets engaged, and then yeah. two days later his mother dies. Oof. And then the day after that he starts the Giro. That's rough. I know. That's really, really a bummer, man. When I heard about that, that was really sad. Okay, and then. The other thing that I thought was a little interesting, and Klaus, you've, you've talked about this before, during the Domenico Pozzo Vivo crash, which was super rough, I was at work watching that, and my knees yeah. were trembling, and I got called out to a meeting, so I saw the crash, and I saw him on the ground, and then I had to leave, and I came back, and I remember I 
I think I texted both of you guys. Like, I have not seen the stage. Don't ruin it. All I want to know is, is Pozo Vivo dead? Oh, I really, I really oh, thought yeah. he had died. I really thought he had died. And then they had him back on the show, all bandaged up. I know. He was like, fine, but I guess he did lose consciousness and stuff. It just, I didn't know. He also lost teeth. Yeah, but I, I, the thing that really upset me was random dude on the side of the road runs to him. And the first thing he does is grab him by the head and put his head on his lap. And I'm like, you stupid asshole. How many times do we need to say this? If you see a bad crash, be it a bicycle or a car or anything, any sort of accident, don't move the person don't move the body you're doing more damage and don't take a selfie after the guy crashed like uh what's his face no it depends. German dude. oh there you go giant alpacin what about giant alpacin they were also yeah, pretty freaking quiet yeah who did they, they have there who did they have there in the ra- in the race yeah. Uh, Giant Alpacine had... Luca Mezgek. Yeah. For Luca Mezgek. Oh. Uh, why didn't you say that before? Jan Hatter was in there. I saw him a couple of times. Simon Geschke. Oh, Geschke. yeah. Mike, who was, who was it that you said was going to win the Tour of California again? That, uh, Los Socratic. <laughs> yes. How did he do? I just remember that. I, I, you know, I forgot to look that up. I was so... <laughs> Well, anyway, but for the Giro, at the Puma, props, he kept trying to make something happen. And Betancourt did too, and considering how he was at the beginning of the season. He was in a lot of the breaks, got good for him. He got a and he was ju- And he was actually trying for a stage. He wasn't just like, oh, I'll just go on the break like for fun. No, 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 definitely. He got a big chunk of KOM points and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Chavez showed himself a couple of times in the beginning, especially... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know how, like, that dude jumped in the middle of the... That dude, a random guy in a bike, just kind of joined the peloton and caught... Yeah, on a fixed-gear bike. Accident, yeah. yeah. I love that that's that's what the topic of conversation was, how many gears it had. It only had one gear. It's a fixed... Like, who cares? He was on a bicycle. I don't care what kind of... Well, it was some... A writer tweeted that out, so it became part of it. Like, I think... But more important than that... And I'm going to put up a bunch of images of the Giro, especially the first week when I was actually still, like, caring enough to collect images. So, okay, so the, they interviewed, again, in Proceso a la Tapa, they interviewed a cop, like the chief of police or whatever of that town or whatever, to talk about the accident. And she was so hot. Like, plus women in uniform, you know? I mean, that just makes them so much hotter. But this girl was so hot. So I made a, a note to mention. Do you have a screen grab? I have a screen grab, yeah. And it's in HD, too. I wonder if in Italian she was saying, the thing is, so the bike has no brakes. You pedal and you are one with the bike. Like, you're more in tune with the road. No, in Italian you are saying, somebody call HR. What this guy is saying about me is incredibly sexist. <laughs> Italian HR. That's what happened to Manual for Speed. It's no- called Italian HR, and they got in trouble. No. At Milan San Remo. He yelled at a frigging cop. That's why he got in trouble. They called okay. HR. So, do we do we blame Ethics Quickstep for Uran's shitty Giro? Oh, he didn't he have uh, pneumonia? 
he had a cold bronchitis bronchitis yeah, yeah. And then he had that crash but uh he could have had more help he could like for a stage or something like that. I mean, he, he did cut his hair a week into the race. I noticed that. Right? That was kind of crazy. That was crazy. Because then I couldn't recognize him on the bike anymore. I was like, is that it? Is I that know. Her? Especially since I watch in highly pixelated <laughs> non HD. I was like, I don't even know what that is. I think it's a guy on a bike. I don't know who it is. I didn't, I didn't notice that. But like, Although, oh, I. I watched some episodes like that, but the the Rai feed, the official one that you can watch in the U.S., where you can pick the camera angle, you can pick the helicopter, Moto 1, Moto 2, that's better than the tour tracker. Yes. Yes. Oh, if if it was, if it had that feed where you can pick the cameras and Todd Gogolsky with a go-go cam. And the hot cop cam. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? It would I'd break the internet. Um, I was okay, so I'm going down my list of things that I needed to bring up. Uh, the next thing was uh, Formolo or Formolo? Davida. Davide Formolo. If you look him up, and I encourage everybody to do this, he looks younger than Chavez. He looks like he's 13 years old. He looks like Joe Dombrowski's little brother, if that's possible. He looks like John Dombrowski's kid. Little nephew. I mean, it's uh, seriously, this, this dude has the face of an eight-year-old boy. It's insane. So look it up. And, of course, Simon Clark pulled up Otsato and celebrated when he wasn't supposed to celebrate. Now, he says uh-huh. he that he's says celebrating he because he knew he got in the pink jersey, but how did he know he had gotten the pink jersey at the Usually time? Usually when you know that, you do a little, like, you keep it low, you do a fist pump, or you do something that's, like, a little more subdued. But also... You, you also don't need to sprint for it, either. <laughs> also, you can see it. I made an animated gif of it. Oh, Visconti tells him something, and his first reaction is to shake his head no and cover his face. Like, <laughs> uh, like oh, no, hands on helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome because it's I wonder, obvious. Now, here's here. If I could meet Giovanni Visconti right now, before I asked him for a selfie with him or an ussy, you would ask how often he shaves because that dude has like a one o'clock shadow. <laughs> no, I wouldn't ask him that. I would actually. He pats him in the butt. He he pats Simon Clark like in 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 the back. And then points at something, but you can't see Visconti's face. I want to know: Was Visconti laughing at the, like, "Hey, jackass, you didn't win"? Look, or probably like, Pantano or, laughed at Betancourt at the Giro a couple know, years back. Pantano and Betancourt friends are Simon Clark and Visconti friends. I don't know. I want to know. Somebody get me. Simon Visconti's. Clark is friends with Richie Port, who he got kicked out of the race. Oh yeah. Well, he right? didn't really get him. Did we talk about that? Oh, no. Uh, well, he didn't really get him kicked out of the race. He got him kicked out of the race. He gave him his front wheel. Yeah. He, they both got a two-minute, like, penalty. Nobody got thrown out of their race. Oh, well, he didn't know, but he, he sent him on his way. To, that was the beginning of the end for Richie Port, is what I'm I saying. I think the beginning of the end for Richie Port was the first stage when Sky had a terrible friggin' team time trial. Honestly. So that... You know what's funny is that time trial was on the bike on a bike path. Really? Yeah, that time trial was on a bike path. I've ridden that bike path. It uh, could have been a bike path. I didn't see any pedestrians in it. 
I didn't see any they, rollerblading. They closed it just for the race. Was it? Uh, but now every time I see someone rails? riding really fast on a, that's all I can think about. <laughs> was on a, a bike path. Was it a rails to trails? Rails to trails. It could have been. Um, Rayleigh to Trailie. That's in Italian, of course. Okay, and there, there's dudes that need, like, their hats tipped to them. The Chapeaux go to Saccharin. Unbelievable. Ilner Saccharin. Uh, Diego Rosa. Sure. Hon of Pelisotti. I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but Pelisotti. Hesedal, of course. And Betancourt, where the guys that I rode that. Oh, and, and Pirazzi, Stefano Pirazzi. What's Although, the, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, slogan for his club? Uh, Tutto Pazzi per Perazzi or whatever? No, what's yeah. Pazzi? Pazzi from uh, Happy Days? Like oh. Pazzi is for Tutto no, Pazzi. Like, Tutto yeah. Pazzi, yeah, it's like we're all crazy. Pazzi is crazy. Oh, Tutto I thought Pazzi it was all, all TV characters named Pazzi are for. Parazzi. No. That means Pazzi. sit on it in Italian. <laughs> Did you guys see Fabio Aru's fan club logo? No. no. Oh, it's sick. So he's Sardinian, right? It's like a guy on a horse, like a horse that's rearing up and the guy's like leaning back. And it just says Fabio Aru fan club. It's sick. I'll send you a link to it. It's actually really nice. Like a really? legitimate logo. Yeah, it's really cool. Huh. Does it have his super stretchy face? No. <laughs> oh, because then it wouldn't be good. No, that yeah, his face is comical. At the end of the stage where where uh, Landa just kept dropping him, yes. he looked like he would have killed himself if he could have. Yeah, he was frooming him. <laughs> and then in that same stage, did you see uh, Contador just pushing Kreuziger back up in front of him? Like you're not. Yes. Going there. <laughs> like he totally burnt it. Yes. Up. Oh, you know what? I I have another another shout out to Philippe Gilbert. Not only because he won like two stages, yeah. and especially the first stage he won was awesome. Like those stages that the Giro and the Vuelta have. Sometimes they they seem like sprint classics. I just love that. And Tour de France nice. doesn't really have those. But anyway, how um, about Elia Viviani? Oh. Awesome, and yep. he looks so much like this guy that I know, but neither of you guys know that it doesn't really even matter. And I shouldn't even have said that, but he looks a lot like this guy I know. But anyway, no, I was gonna say Philippe Gilbert's Italian is supreme, really superb. Yes, very, very, very good. Mike, it's so good he could hit on that lady cop. <laughs> Nobody can hit on that lady cop except for this guy. I have both of my thumbs pointing at my chest. <laughs> Good luck with that. Dude, stage 16, how bananas is it that Contador, there's that crash, whatever, he gets dropped, and then he burns his team out in the first 5K of the chase, and then chases completely by himself to catch back yep. up to Fabio Aru. I know. That was nuts. Unbelievable. On Twitter, people are like, oh, he's still doping, whatever. It's like, I don't give a shit. If, if, if he is, I don't care. It's awesome. That's like people that complain about, like, oh, that special effect is just, that's just, uh, whatever, computer, whatever. CGI. That's just CGI. Are you yeah. saying Contador's that was CGI? I think Contador's, his ride in this Giro d'Italia was CGI more often than once. I believe it. You might a be honest. A couple of the times, it was just claymation. I do. <laughs> I do have to say, there was a couple of CGI moments at this race, for sure, but yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I, I don't know if you guys watched it on Eurosport, but I did, and there's a part where Rob Hatch goes, the only way 
that Contador can lose this Giro is if a bear comes out and attacks him. Nice. <laughs> and, and Kelly goes like, it, Sean Kelly truly sounded like, like that happened like, to him. Like, once. Scary, scared about it. Like, don't say that. The commentators curse. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never heard Sean Kelly so animated in my life. <laughs> he, I guess he's really afraid. Sean Kelly's afraid of bears. He's afraid of bears. He's like, you can joke about anything. You could even joke about the classament. But whatever you do, please don't joke about bears in the Motorola. The Motorola. <laughs> that was the best. The Motorola. He said it so many times, and I thought about actually sampling it. The Motorola. Like Speaking of Rob Hatch, how many, you watched it on Eurosport. How many times... Did you watch? This was surreal. Did you watch the the Merida ad where oh. there's Rob Hatch commentary of Modelo winning a stage? Yes. And then Modelo wins like three stages, and I'm like, is this the ad or is this the race? Dude, it, I actually I keep meaning to send them an email and ask them a couple of questions or whatever. One of them, I really definitely still want him to come on the podcast and have an interview. But I want to know how much he got paid. Exactly. Does he get royalties? Because I've seen, I alone have seen that ad three thousand times. Exactly. But was it? I've maybe? seen that. I've seen that ad so many times. I want to buy a Merida. Is it voice talent that he made, or is it a sample no, it's, of it's, an actual it's Eurosport? Win? Yeah, it's Eurosport. Then probably Eurosport got paid. Right. <laughs> now here's the thing. Uh, it, it's more bike. <laughs> it's way more bike. Oh, okay, super, super quick. Was Bora even at this race? Bora Argon? No, they weren't. See, I could. They could have been. I didn't know. No, well, I know. I knew that. Jesus. That's how quiet they were. They weren't even there. <laughs> they were so quiet. They weren't even there. Yeah. More uh, bike. Oh, also, uh, Andre Amador. Wow. Yeah. Listen, no, but speaking of stage 16 still, which is basically a stage when, when Amador kind of came to prominence, um, I don't know if you guys remember that, but halfway up the, the last climb, Contador caught up with Igor Anton, and they exchanged, like, two words, and then Anton basically helped Contador up the hill, like, yep. basically paced them up. I don't remember. But maybe 30 or 35 seconds behind him was Amador in a group with other people trying to, like, catch up. So Igor yeah. Anton basically put work, did work for Contador and not for Andre Amador. Oh, dude. So and Spain I wonder, versus Costa Rica slash Russia. I don't know. I was wondering if this is something that Unsue said, like, go ahead, work for Alberto. It doesn't really matter because, uh, you know... Like what? I don't know. Amador is in a group with other guys. Or it Amador wouldn't be the first time uh, Spanish uh, DS did that. Just ask Pacho. Oh no, I know that a lot of times, and that's the Spaniards aren't the only ones that do that. I know that Italians have ganged up against other people before. The French. Are oh, I know, but it. It, so the way that it happened to Pacho, remember, is that they were like, "Yeah, let's work for a Spanish dude in another team." And screw our Colombian and our team that could win the race. And so Amador, not being a Spaniard, got sold out in the same way then. Maybe, I don't know. It, not to the same depth that the 84 Vuelta did, which is a debacle, but still. Yeah, it was, it was just really interesting. Uh, I mean, at the time, Amador was fighting for a, for a podium spot. and Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you could say, like, dude, he's not going to win, but like... 
I, 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 yeah, like if you have one of your writers that's going that strong, you have to support them. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. I guess I guess I'm old fashioned guys. Yeah. I I I think that that stage 16 is one of the best stages in that I've ever seen in cycling. It was great. Since the second stage of Redlands 4 years ago. What? <laughs> I was trying to think of something a few levels below the Tour of California. I mean, that's I what mean, I came up with. Dude, all right. So the, the, the climb of the Motorola alone. I mean, if you think about how many people were involved in that stage, besides, you know, obviously Contador and Aru, Landa, Kreuzweg, uh, Heschedal, Amador, Trofimov, all those guys were like back and forth, back and forth, and it's just bananas. Not to mention Igor Anton, of course, who was helping it was just nuts. It was such a. You know what it day. was? It reminds you of one of the cell phones I had, the Motorola Crazer. <laughs> you had that one? I did. It I was like a K R A Z R. Yeah, it was like a skinny version of the Razor. That stage <laughs> oh. was Motorola Crazer. I thought it was the Motorola Stage. That's the one that I have. Yeah. Oh no. And then, like two days later, Contador attacks for absolutely no reason at all. He's in pink. He has like three extra minutes, and he just randomly attacks. Yep. Just because he can't. Yeah, I know. And then Gilbert wins his second stage, which is awesome. And then the world just stopped. Stage nineteen is the day that the Giro kind of died a little bit because because <laughs> Damiano Cunego had crashed out the day before. No, because no. Greg Lemont joined the the. Like oh, Antonio come on. <laughs> Giro extra thing, and I was like, oh, God, no. The, the Giro died when Juan Antonio Fletch had joined. He's hard to understand. He's not, well, he wears pink pants. He does and wear pink pants. I, I had noticed this before he did this. Juan Antonio Fletch has um, this tendency to ask very long questions, and sometimes they're not questions at all. So, Alberto. They're just statements? Yeah. You attacked on your way up on the second climb. We didn't see you attacking in the third climb. And your team was pretty much all uh, disappeared by then. And uh, Fabio Aru had a very strong team. And then puts the mic in front of Alberto Contador. And Contador is like, yes, I guess I don't freaking know. You know, I also noticed during one, like, it was an early stage where they were like, we need Juan Antonio Fletch had to break this down. Like, please tell us. And he's like four words in, and Dave Brailsford walks off frame. And Juan Antonio Fletcher just totally walks off camera and goes shakes hands and shakes hands with him. And then you can see Brailsford like his face like come into frame, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, real good, okay." And then he just gets back, and he's like, "Oh, I just totally screwed up." Yeah, Fletcher, there were a few points, I, I totally agree with that, there were a few points there where he just looked super happy to be there, and he was, like, talking to everybody and, like, yeah, and then not asking questions. Like, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, crap, 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 crap. Okay, okay, back in character, back in character. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, he's, I learn, love, he's learning, though. He's good. No, and I love Juan Antonio Fletcher, so I don't have a problem with it. Not I do, too, too love but if I was around too. there, I would totally baba booey him. Well, I would. I, it doesn't matter who would be in the camera. If I'm, I'm, I would baba booey him, too, but I... I, I just I have this weird thing with Greg Lemon. I love him. I love everything he has done. I love everything. But when he's with a microphone, it is painful. It is painful to hear him. 
he mispronounces people's names. He gets things wrong. He gets confused. He I mean, repeats himself. He makes no sense. But think like about it. If he grandpa. does this for another five, like 15 years, he could improve and get to where Sean Kelly is. <laughs> no. no. Do you guys know what it. Juan Antonio Fletcher's third name is? Uh, oh. Wait, wait, wait. I know this. <laughs> ah, crap. Did, I, did you look it up? Yes, I looked it up. Uh, shit, I know this. Uh, Giannoni. Giannoni. Crap, I knew it was an Italian last name, yeah. And his nickname is the Spanish Flandrian, which is a terrible nickname. And he's from Argentina. Right. Hmm. Um, but, uh, oh, you, you, you mentioned uh, Sean Kelly, Klaus. I'm glad that you do because I have the emails here. The two emails that we got about Sean Kelly. Well, a couple of episodes we got, we a couple of episodes ago... We asked if Sean Kelly uh, was sounded like a regular Irish person to people from Ireland. So this guy says Kelly's accent is a bit weird. Uh, and this is an Irish person. Yes, this is an Irish person. Okay. If How I do didn't you know? know he was Irish and I heard him speak, I would probably think he was French and learned to speak English in Ireland. Some what? words he uses, I can hear a definite Irish accent, but others sound English with a French accent, but not quite right. So, hmm. all right. So that's one of the emails that I got. And that was from Barry in Ireland. And then I got this one from Nicholas from Ireland. It says, I'm from up north in Ireland, and Sean Kelly sounds like some old priest from the Midlands of Ireland. So... Somebody says that he sounds like a priest from the Midlands of Ireland. And then somebody else says that he sounds like he's French but learned how to speak English in Ireland. So the jury is still out. So if anyone wants to weigh in, please do. Because we don't know. Because we're not from Ireland. No, we're not. So, okay. Anything else jury-related? Because I want to ask you guys a question. Do you think that the, that the double is doable at this point for Alberto Contador? See. Against Quintana and Froome? Mm-hmm. I do. You do? I do, too, actually. And, and Mike, just remind me, who did you say was going to win the Tour of California again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lawson Craddock came in twenty, a respectable 28th. Double digits. Nine minutes, nine minutes down on, on Peter Sagan. Guys, the hour is gonging right now. We still have yeah, to talk about fantasy and the and the contest. So, do you guys want to wait until next episode to do that? Yes. Yeah, maybe. Okay. The result, Sorry for the people that submitted stuff for, for the, the contest. The result of the art, the Giro d'Italia art contest, and the trash talking about Giro fantasy, we'll have to wait until next episode. Speedmetalcycling.com and info at speedmetalcycling.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at the Skull Crusher, Crusher with a K. And I don't know, just go to speedmetalcycling.com and all those links are there. And Klaus, do you want to plug anything? Yes, uh, up right now on Alps and Andes is an interview with Alex Cano from Team Colombia where he describes how Colombian riders go to Central American races and set up a rolling bike shop and sell stuff to make ends meet and make a living by selling stuff at races, which is really funny. 
It's a very good interview. And aside from that, I'm going to be traveling, so posts might be a bit slow on the blog if anyone cares. That's all. Yes. Mike. I'm going to plug the our record attempt by Sir Bradley Wiggins this coming Sunday. Oh, Just because. He says he's going to smash it. Can you imagine a guy in that Continental team is going to beat that record? That's crazy. <laughs> he's barely a pro. There's so much hype. If, if he doesn't make it, I think the United Kingdom we will re, it will just withdraw from the League of Nations. Is that a thing? League of Nations. It will withdraw from <laughs> the League of Civilized World. <laughs> you There's so, so much hype around this thing. The Queen herself. So will actually, he, of the course, queen, the Queen will kill him. The queen. Yes. Yeah. You. It feels that way because you're in an epicenter. You're like sitting right. on a volcano of Wiggins magma. Exactly. There is a lot of magma. Um, but do any of us believe that he's not going to do it? I think he's going to do it. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, he's he's the real, he's the first like real serious like person that has actually tried. Wait, uh, what are you trying to say about Alex Dowsett? <laughs> What's his second last name? <laughs> Gomez. Shay. Or Deuce. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I guess that's it. And we're out of here. Peace.